Welcome back to the Life After Deconstruction podcast. My name is Anthony Miller. It's been a while, but it's time to release another episode, and this is going to be a short one. It consists of a video recording of a reply that I made in the Marriage on a Tightrope support group on Facebook based on my dear friends Alan and Katie Mount's Marriage on a Tightrope podcast targeted towards individuals navigating a mixed-faith marriage. Now, I should say that my opinion, at least from what I've seen over the years, is that what a faith crisis or a faith transition, faith deconstruction tends to do is result in a complete deconstruction and renegotiation of many elements of an individual's life, and that tends to include the marital relationship. My sense is that what a faith transition tends to do is reveal or expose the marriage that already existed, including dysfunctions, including strengths. and and including weaknesses. Sometimes this results in putting in a significant amount of work that can strengthen the marriage and actually make it better. Other times it doesn't work out that way and it exposes dysfunctions where it would be most helpful to end the marital relationship. In this episode, what I share are five things that have been very helpful for my wife and I to navigate our mixed faith marriage of almost seven years where our relationship has grown stronger. I hope you find it helpful. My existential faith and identity crisis was triggered about seven years ago. And so my active believing wife and I have been navigating a mixed faith marriage for quite a while now. There are a number of things that have been very significant to our journey and to our relationship. And I'd like to share five of those things with you in case perhaps they might be helpful to you. Now, the first thing that was recommended to me as I was early in my faith crisis journey was to double and triple down expressions of unselfish, attentive, undemanded emotional intimacy in my wife's primary love languages so that she could feel confident in my love for her. Now, this proved to be very helpful because our marital relationship and connection got stronger and it grew due to these efforts. And it was helpful for my wife so that she could experience that as I incrementally stepped away from the church, that I wasn't stepping away from her because she knew how much I loved her. It increased her capacity to distinguish our marital relationship from our temple ceiling. At the same time, it was extremely helpful for me because as I was unpacking and deconstructing church history, biblical scholarship, policies, doctrines, and things from the church that at time made me feel anger and a sense of betrayal, it increased my capacity to distinguish the church from my wife. So instead of expressing and projecting my sense of anger and betrayal towards my wife as if she were a representative of the church, what I did increased our intimacy and connection, and it increased my capacity to distinguish her from the church, and that helped our relationship. Now, the second thing is I recommend that you find and do a spiritual values exercise or something similar as a method to identify your common spiritual values, preferences, and interests, as well as your individual differentiated spiritual values, preferences, and interests. What we found for us is that we enjoy things together like listening to the On Being podcast with Krista Tippett, books from Brene Brown, things about Buddhism like from Jack Kornfield and Eckhart Tolle, things about faith and growth like from Brian McLaren or other similar things that we enjoy together. Now, I'll listen to, read, and consume my own things that 
that help me and give me an opportunity to thrive and grow. And my wife does the same thing. She has her own things. And then we have our shared things that we do together, shared interests and shared topics. We both experience a sense of spirituality and connection, for example, in charitable work or in service to others. And there are shared activities and things that we do in this area. And then we each have our own differentiated things. We also experience spirituality in nature. Uh, We enjoy hiking, camping, things like that as well. Now, the third thing is I want you to think about black licorice uh, as a metaphor. My wife loves black licorice and I can't stand it. I think it's awful. But neither of us experience any sort of emotional or spiritual turmoil or pain over our differentiated preferences for black licorice. Of course, there are beliefs that we each as human beings hold that we enmesh and entangle with our individual egos and our personal senses of identity, things that go way beyond our preferences regarding black licorice. And it can be very painful to disentangle those things, and it can be very painful to experience differentiation in those kinds of things. But in the end, and this is kind of a Buddhist-leaning idea, these are all just black licorice. If we can nourish and develop intimacy, relationship, trust, and belonging with the things outside of black licorice, then maybe we can increase our capacity to be able to choose for it to be okay that our spouse likes black licorice, metaphorically, or in my case, literally. Now, the fourth thing is to talk about your biggest and deepest fears with each other so that you can face them together and not catastrophize them individually. My wife's fears included that if I could somehow change how I felt about the church, which I deeply loved and was deeply enmeshed with my personal sense of identity and being, that I could also change how I felt about her. She also feared that as I developed emotional and spiritual intimacy with others who were on the same journey as I was, including women in support communities with other people navigating a faith crisis— that there would be a risk that she might lose me to another person. Another fear of hers included that as I renegotiated and reconstructed behavioral and moral boundaries, that there could be problems for our marriage, such as infidelity or problematic alcohol use. However, my wife's biggest fear was that I wouldn't have the capacity to hold space for her differentiated beliefs if she did not also experience a faith transition and leave the church with me. And my biggest fears were in many ways similar, that she would someday decide that she couldn't be with me anymore, having left the church, not believing the temple or priesthood was more than man-made, and eventually that I might formally resign from the church, leading her to choose to not be with me. It was helpful for us each to talk through these things, rather than to each privately and individually catastrophize them in our minds. Along the way, we each had to put in a significant amount of individual work to increase our confidence that we would each be okay even if we weren't together, which actually made it possible for being together to be a choice. Finally, we've accepted that there are some things that just aren't okay, and which probably will never be okay. It will probably never be okay for my wife that I left the church and that I speak publicly about it. And it will probably never be okay for me that she's made a conscious choice to not study and deconstruct the same things that I chose to deconstruct. But we both choose to be together. We want to be together we choose us. And maybe it's a Buddhist-type principle of choosing to live in ambiguity and in uncertainty, 
But rather than trying to make okay what isn't okay, we accept the not okay things in each other. And we choose for it to be okay that these not okay things exist because we choose us. We acknowledge the individual autonomy and the individual choices that we have each made. Unselfishly and attentively striving to express love and emotional intimacy in each other's primary love languages, clearly communicating to each other boundaries, talking together about our greatest fears, nourishing our shared spiritual languages while also individually growing and thriving in differentiated ways, and making the choice that we choose us and for it to be okay that not okay things exist, together these things have made a difference. I can tell you, and she would tell you as well, that our marriage and mutual trust and intimacy is the strongest that it has ever been in our over 32 years of marriage.